0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the forty-second edition of Cinema Effect. I'm Zach, and I'm joined by my fellow Hans Zimmer appreciator, Jaden. Good day. Good day, and PTA's number one fanboy, aka Fitzy, aka Liam. Hello. Hello, hello. For those who don't know, this is the Cinema Effect crew, where a podcast we review and talk about a different movie every single Monday. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and I feel like a total dumbass um, because. This week, I was looking through after the the feedback stuff we got, I was looking through what new things can I just do with the show that I wasn't doing that might make it better or some shit. And I sort of thought, are we on Google Podcasts? So then I'm like, okay, how do we get us on Google Podcasts? And then I realized we were already on Google Podcasts. We were on Google Podcasts this entire time. It was like an automatic thing that that happens. It just transfers over. So we're on Google Podcasts. If anyone listens there, I don't know if a single soul does, but just letting you know. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, yeah, it's like the uh, – it's I think the default for Android phones as opposed to, you know, if you don't want to download Spotify or something. So we're there as well, so subscribe and all those things if you enjoy the show. But we've got our specific question of the week. We, of course, always want you to write in your questions, thoughts, reviews to the show for next week's film. But our specific question prompt of the week will be, what aspect do you appreciate most in movies? we're talking about anything any aspect of film that you really appreciate we're talking about music editing sound acting cinematography story all the things that we talk about most on the show but what really connects with you most let us know in the comments and of course just thank you for anyone who left the uh I should have said this last week so I made sure to set a reminder that I do it now thank you to anyone who left feedback on the survey that we had at the end of last year we appreciate it we had a fun chat about it last week and we're doing some little things about it, so we appreciate all of the feedback there. But this week, we're reviewing a little film called Munich, which opened in the US on the 23rd of December 2005. It was directed by Steven Spielberg. Ever heard of him? The uh, genre is a historical drama, and the synopsis reads, based on the true story of the Black September af- uh, aftermath Excuse me, about the five men chosen to eliminate the ones responsible for that fateful day. Jaden, you had seen Munich before. Mm. We hadn't. We hadn't. Let's start with you.
1: It's a, it's, it's, it's a film I really like. Uh, you know, like what starts off as Israeli propaganda gradually takes steps back, and you know, it becomes a pretty good film about morality and ethics and war, and you know, the futility and the tragic nature of it and stuff. You know, I feel like you know because it it goes out of its way, but at the start, you know, it like really vehemently vilifies the Palestinians at the start. They like some of the backpedaling doesn't fully take hold and like you know that balanced perspective it tries to eventually take on doesn't really come into it fully so I think that holds the film back a bit but it's nonetheless a film I really like
0: cool cool I have to say that you know as ignorant as I am to almost everything I just it completely coincidentally didn't know what this movie was about sort of learnt a lot about just the uh the Israeli-Palestinian and all that the conflict in that region that's been going on forever. Very recently, so that was very helpful for this movie. I would have been pretty confused otherwise. But anyway, Fitzy, what do you what do you think? Um,
2: yeah, I, um, yeah, I liked it as well. Um, like I, yeah, it doesn't sound
0: like a ringing endorsement.
2: It, I liked it. I
0: liked it. Okay, okay. I, I think everything about the movie is really good. You know, I, I think about this movie a lot as a thumbs up check it out, watch it. It's good. But I I don't know. I don't know if anything quite ascends to great or amazing for me. And maybe that's just some some subjective things that we'll get into. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I liked the movie. People should check it out. I appreciate that it's a Spielberg movie because it does feel in some ways not, I don't know, prototypical Spielberg, which is cool. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I liked a lot about it. So uh, it's a thumbs up for me generally speaking so I don't know should we start start with Avner Eric Banner he's the protagonist of this movie Had he do we know because I know Spielberg casted him from Hulk was this sort of one of uh, outside of Hulk one of his sort of bigger roles you know in his early career because Hulk was one of his first things and I oh, know. I'm just. I'm just saying this out loud because I'm sort of surprised that Spielberg would cast him as a lead in this sort of historical drama, an Australian actor, someone I don't think was huge at the time. But I mean, you might. Have, I, know, I enjoyed him in the movie. I think
1: Chopper got him a bit of recognition as well, so could have been off that as well. You know,
0: that's when he uh, he played like that. You, when he played the uh, the gangster, right? Yeah. The Australian gangster. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know if like it was a movie called Chopper about something <laughs> something else. Um, Okay, cool.
1: Yeah, you he know, was also in like Troy and like Black Hawk Down before that. So like,
0: Oh, okay, okay. So he was on a bit of a run. So robot. Black
1: Hawk Down was probably like a bit of a push as well.
0: Yeah, okay. That's good. That's good. I mean, look at him now. He sort of, he flies under the radar a bit these days. He's back in Australian films, which is cool. But I don't know. I liked him in this movie. I was surprised by him in this movie. I thought that uh i don't know all his accents were good he did a lot of accents and different and different things and he had some cool emotional scenes and if someone hasn't seen him act a whole lot you know i i thought he was really solid in the movie i was surprised by him yeah
1: i think um it's pretty passionate uh you know performance and i think it's like really emotion fueled and i think that's what i often feel like lacks in spielberg movies i know a lot of people disagree with that especially with like stuff like schindler's list and stuff but like I feel like his movies are often just not necessarily like devoid of emotion, but like they are just a bit bland in that aspect. And I feel like this kind of, in terms of passion, I feel like this is kind of like one where it excels the most.
0: Yeah, for sure. And this movie, given sort of the the subject matter and what it's trying to convey to the audience, really needed that, I think. You know, if it was devoid of, of that sort of lead performance, it wouldn't have worked nearly as well as it did. With it being about you know violence and the, the, the pointlessness of it all and the effects of that and the trauma of that, you know, he needed to really bring it in that respect, and he did. I felt like in the uh, in the final half an hour or so, and there's, he has other emotional moments, but when he starts to lose, uh, you know, spoilers, when people start to die, starts to lose team members, I was re- I really thought he sold that stuff really well, and then when he becomes really paranoid in New York, I thought it was all really good. So I, don't, I guess that's a, one of the main things I did like about the movie is that it seems to, I don't know if this can, yeah, I don't know, this is sort of the way I interpret it anyway, it just seems to take the position that through the perspective of Jewish characters, which is a really interesting sort of thing to to hone in on when you're tackling themes like this, but that violence and retaliation, because that's the entire operation that, Avnar and his crew go on, it's just about, well, they think anyway, it's about uh, killing the people responsible for the terrorist attack against their people. So, but then obviously what happens and how confronting that is for some of the characters, how they experience a lot of loss on the way and they sort of start to question and as it happens, it sort of just presents the idea that, I don't know, that level of retaliation against what is perceived to be injustice against them is never really justified you know, despite past wrongs. And given how sort of persecuted historically the Jewish people are, I thought that was, I don't know, quite a clever thing to do thematically with the story um, when you're tackling uh, cultures like this and, and the conflict that we're in here. So it's one of my highlights of the movie, I thought, as as I was interpreting it that way.
1: I think you know, it evolves very slowly into into that kind of thing because it's like I was saying, you know, it starts off as a bit of propaganda. But I think, like, it um, it gradually takes, you know, it gradually takes steps to becoming that that kind of film that you were just talking about there. um. And, you know, I think I think it's pretty rewarding to, to stick with it that long. I mean, like, it's a pretty decent length of 2 hours 40, so it's a pretty re- rewarding experience to so get that kind of emotion and that build-up as well, so,
0: yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Because, yeah, at the start, I just, I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, cool, we're on a cool spy mission, you know, a secret service mission, and that's pretty neat. And then as the first few assassinations take place, I thought that stuff in the early I, – I do think the movie ends up being a bit long, but the stuff in the first hour I thought was really well paced where we, I feel like we spend just the right amount of time with each target, you know, before we move on to the next one. Um, and I was engrossed in that, but you're right. Then when, by the time we get to the end, stuff I wouldn't have even seen coming at the start when he has the conversation uh, with his mother and you know she's basically like this is all about a home for 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 us as a people. Israel is our home. It's worth taking whatever it takes. And she doesn't want to hear what he had to do for it. You know, I thought that was all. Yeah, like you say, Jane, that was really rewarding as a thematically for me watching it because I don't know she, the fact you just don't you don't want to face what has to be done, but you know it had to be done. Is it worth it or not? Those kind of uh, ideological questions being thrown out there by the movie.
1: going to say it you now, because you just briefly mentioned about how the brother talks about home and stuff, like um, like um, when he's talking to, I think Eli was the uh, Palestinian agent's name, you know, and he says, uh, "Oh wait, sorry, or was it Louis that said?" I can't recall, but they said um, it where he's like, you know, he was saying that it costs dearly, but home always does, and like you know that kind of aspect yeah. of the film as well, you know. And it shows, like, the fight's just going to go on until, you know, uh, you know, obviously till today. It's, it's, it's still happening 70 years, like, later. So I, I think it's really, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think a lot of the, the stuff in the film is really, like, a lot of, like, lines like that are pretty great. And, you know, yeah, she, it's talk, well thought out. she talks, like, um the president at the start, you know, is talking about, you know, they need to display that they're strong, you know, that there are consequences for killing Jews in the modern day and stuff like that. So, like... I just think a lot of the like the lines are really I think it's really well written.
0: Yeah, definitely. And the fact that it's you know, a movie set in the seventies um about you know, about cultures that and the conflict of the cultures that predates that significantly, and that's a movie that came out in two thousand and five, and fifteen years on it still feels relevant. You know, that's that's a testament to it, I think. Fitzgianita, do, do you have a favourite character or something? Anything that stands um, out? I like Daniel Craig a lot. Yeah, I
2: was going to say, Craig is uh, probably my favourite. Like, I didn't—I yeah. don't think I've seen him. It feels like a kind of unique role for him, but maybe I haven't just seen him in enough movies. But... What, playing
1: a Secret Service agent? You haven't seen him in that role before. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. He does um, feel significantly different, though. though. He
1: does, yeah.
2: <laughs> he, like, he's a character with ideology, I guess, or, like, very adamant beliefs. And um he kinda of contrasts with uh the other characters in the in the team like what's that? That other guy with the glasses and um you know, the guy that gets killed by the uh, the, the one that's, that they think is like well they, they don't think he's a secret um uh agent. They kind of throw that at him. One of the characters throws that at him and like just the, in one, spot. That but, yeah, the, the one, one that worries Yeah the one that worries. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. The bo- is that the bomb maker one. The
1: Nah, Kieran Hines character.
0: The guy from There will be blood. That, that- yeah, that oh, one. Oh, the king beyond the wall. Yeah, 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 that yeah. One. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> got it, got it. Emancipator. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there will be blood. That's right. Yeah,
2: yeah. But I thought the cast, the um, the team had a lot of chemistry. The boys together. So, Hell yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I enjoyed. I thought it was an Australian accent at first, but Daniel Craig—it was like a South African accent. Wasn't yeah, it would have that's been. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that
1: because, like, that's why, like, uh, you know, like when, like the, uh, like in Athens, like when when those guys come into the room, like he says that they're all, uh, you know, like from ETA or whatever they, are, whatever they are, and they like he has to specify that Daniel Craig is not from there because his accent is so different, you know. Like he specifies yeah, that he's African, right. you know, it's like that.
0: Yeah. This movie's got a lot of really cool moments. I think. Um especially when it comes to the actual assassination of each target. Um, the one where they have to plant the, the bomb in the phone and everything that happens with the signal being the truck's in the way and the girl runs back into the house and I, I was I thought all that stuff was really well directed, it was really tense for me. Um I enjoyed that one a lot. The other one with the the what was it, the bed bomb and the bomb was way too powerful and Eric Banner got totally blasted through the in the other room. And I thought that was really cool. Wasn't expecting that. Mm. Um so as we move on, and I feel like each target we spend like, I don't know, ten, fifteen minutes sort of with each one as we go. It sort of keeps the movie going on pretty I don't know, pretty seamlessly. I wasn't really too bored. I, maybe in the like as we get in towards the like the the latter half of the second act, when he visits the the French dude's house, I'm like, what are we doing? But when it comes to the actual operation itself, I was engaged.
1: Mm. I quite liked the bit at uh at, at Louis's house, whatever the dad's name was called. But like, um, Louis I quite enjoyed King. that. I think it, it provided, yeah, <laughs> it provided a good context for like why, like how Louis operates, and like why he's helping him despite all that stuff. And I think I, I I I enjoyed that scene.
0: Yeah, no, I get that, and I did like how it sort of came down to that using them as a source was sort of compromising them as well because everyone wants everyone's information which is pretty funny if you think about they're able to probably divulge locations because they're all you know their targets are also looking for the locations of other people or possibly them I liked all that I don't know I just felt like we spent a bit long there but it's a bit of a nitpick but it was probably where it dragged the most if I had to choose a spot tons of really cool long takes and and shots and different things just of just a random points throughout the movie no crazy moments but a, a cool establishing shots of sort of the the camera is like a long 30 second shot of the camera moving around zooming in slowly kind of just showing us where every uh one of the team members is in relation to a target that happens a few times i think it happened the first time um with the first dude before they shoot him and stuff there's some cool well choreographed stuff like that in the movie i appreciate it
1: talking about like uh the establishing of like um locations and stuff Did you feel like that the grading of some locations was absolute ass, and like that there was like significantly like I feel like in some locations they chucked on like a really strong film grain and like just bleached the scene. Did you also get that?
0: I did. I did. There were some shots and scenes, yeah, where it felt like the color sort of just vanished significantly. The saturation went way down.
1: It happened. Like like the ones I see in my mind, like when they first get to the room in Athens, and then also like when he's back in Israel towards the end, like in in like you know, and he's like be mm. like, it's just devoid of color, and if if the, maybe if that's intentional, I don't know, but like it just felt like such a weird thing, considering how rich the majority of the film is, you know.
0: It was weird. I'd like to think it was intentional, but I can't really pinpoint. You already remembered more spots than me, but I can't really what's the consistency in the, in the spots where it's used, you know? Like, if it's Israel or if it's just Israel, for example, that sort of makes sense. But then, as you say, it happens in Athens and it, yeah.
1: Well, the only I, thing I, I could know. think is, like, is it reflecting that, you know, Avner's trained, you know? Because, like, by the end, I think in Israel it makes oh. sense that, you know, perhaps he's trained, but, like, in Athens it, it wouldn't. Like, it's like, I'm not sure if it's,
0: I don't know. Yeah, possibly, yeah, I don't know. That, that's a good point, though. I don't know what they're going for there exactly. It was a bit... wasn't a huge point for me, but I noticed it. Okay, now in this week's edition of Zack potentially misunderstood something really obvious in a movie, where did Daniel Craig go in this movie? I, I feel like he vanished at some point. In the third act. I, I never uh, saw him again. Did they, he die? That,
2: that was my one thing. They cut from the big scene where they were getting chased by the ghost. I think he died, but... I want no, he, he's, he's the one that
1: stays alive because the bomb maker dies. Kieran Hines' character dies, and then like the um yeah. the the other one dies to the knife wound that's sitting in the, the park. Um, but Daniel Craig survives. Oh, yeah. But I think it's just that like after that operation where they try to kill Salamé, but then they can't. I think that they're probably just too hot at that point, and they have to pretty much retire. So I think like that's why they just go their separate ways, and we don't see Craig again because it's just you know he's too involved, and like
2: they just have to like pull away. Right, right. Right.
0: That makes sense. Yeah.
2: Well, I would have kind of liked to see that then, like kind of separation, like a kind of separation scene or something like that.
0: I agree, because for me watching it, it felt like the movie forgot about him. Because we see him running away, and what you're saying makes sense, but then, yeah, I didn't get that. I was sort of – I felt like I missed something. It was sort of weird.
1: Maybe they were scheduling conflicts with Bond, and yet he couldn't film the final third of the film.
0: (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. It's got to go and film the best movie of all time.
1: I think um, I think the bomb maker is the most tragic character in the film because, you know, he was, especially when it's revealed that, you know, he, he disassembles bombs. You know, he, he he his job was to save lives, but then, you know, he's turned into one that kills people. And I think like mm-hmm. um that, and then, like, the way, like, after each mission, they kind of cut to him just, like, you know, making random stuff and, like, you know, he, he, like this... Kind of like childlike demeanor that overcomes him, and like he he seems like a very innocent person. Like at the end, when he's just in his workshop and he's doing that again, like I think it's such a sad scene, especially like when it's you know cutting between Banner tearing up his house and you know the bomb maker just enjoying himself. It's it I think it's like one of the most like it's a really sad scene, a really hard one to watch.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, especially when yeah he's sort of I think he he's sort of the first catalyst because he's the first one in the team that sort of takes a real stand is like yeah bro I'm not I'm not doing this he doesn't jump on the train for that one mission um So in that way yeah it felt like sort of he was responsible for sort of pushing Avner over the edge too and becoming a bit you know conscious of that
2: The um the guy who got the guy with the knife did he kill himself or was he killed It's like I'm sword. sort of he killed himself
0: Ah oh. I didn't think that, but I mean, I also thought I I thought it was implied that you know he'd been stabbed by someone else, but how would they know where he was? You know, he was sort of in an obscure spot. So possibly, yeah.
1: I I thought he might have killed himself too, but like they say a line, like they didn't take anything, and I think that's meant to imply that like it was Uh. someone else and they just didn't take him. But yeah, it does seem a bit.
2: Oh well, to me that makes it sound like he did kill himself because. Especially beforehand, they Craig is. They're focusing on Craig talking to him about how he doesn't seem himself, and he's cooking all this food and everything like that. He's in a somber mood, and then he gets killed in this yeah. random spot, and they don't take
0: anything. So, yeah, I think yeah, it's a good point. Kill That's pretty subtle, then. I like that a lot. Yeah, I didn't get that. That's cool.
1: I'm just curious because I think like where the knife wound was would be a detail as to like if he did or didn't, because, I mean, like, you know, you don't kill yourself by stabbing yourself in the chest, so if that's the case, then I don't think he killed himself, but, like, if it's somewhere else, then maybe.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't think they said, did they? No. Did you guys think? I thought avignon was going to die at the end of this movie, for sure. I just felt like that's sort of where his arc was going. I like how it ended up, but, yeah, I don't know, that's how I felt as I was watching it.
2: Well, oh, uh, I think it's... So is it, this is like based on true stories. So there's, like
0: true real people. Is that- yeah, is Avner a real person? I'm not sure.
1: I doubt he's real. Um, just because the way the Mossad works, I don't think they'd ever like reveal like an actual identity like that. Maybe they would. Who knows? Oh, sure. But like, yeah. um, I think he's based on the person that probably headed the operation. I doubt he's like Avner actually like a real Avner. You know?
0: Yeah, probably not. I was surprised they chose him for that operation. I mean, like Jeffrey Rush explains why, um because, you know, he's unsuspecting, he's got contacts in Europe and all that stuff, but I don't know. Like, I thought, I feel like you'd have to choose at least someone who's killed before. Did you all have any thoughts on the score? Because I sort of, as I was watching, I didn't know for sure. I assumed this was a John Williams score just because of Spielberg, and it was. Um, very different for for Mr. John Williams. Because it does, there are long periods of time, unless I'm, it sort of blended in for me and I'm forgetting, but I feel like there were lots of periods where there was no score and there was that sort of that one uh, tense track that played in, I don't know, that, that like low-key beat. that was pretty, I liked it, but it was just sort of all that was there a lot of the time. Was there anything of note that you guys took from it? I only really
2: noticed the score in the, oh, well, I, re- I only remember the score in the big like flashback. Oh. oh. I thought that was really good. But is it like the theme that I used in
0: that uh, scene? That's the, the... That theme has like vocals and stuff, right? It's like sort of... Yeah. Do I think you have the right thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like that. But then, yeah, there was also that just any time like they're setting up, I don't know, setting up a bomb or some shit or, you know, they're moving in on an operation, there's like a little sort of tense under, underlying bit of music that plays. It plays like I don't know, 80 times in the movie or something. It was quite an understated score for, for John, I think. For John, if I may call you that, Mr. Williams. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It sort of surprised me from him, but I, I quite liked it. I want to say I would have, you know, wanted something a bit less subtle, but, and a bit more, or not not subtle, because that main thing, Fizzy, that you mentioned isn't subtle, but something a bit more invasive, something that's there, more, that's more present. But I don't know. I don't know if that would have made the movie any better.
1: While we're um, talking about the flashback, I I do. I don't I don't like it. I think it's one of the lesser parts of the film. I think what happened, you know, in Munich, that should have been covered at the start. I think uh, you know I I understand why and like what how they slowly reveal information. Like you know, like it's kind of good, but like I think um I think constantly cutting back to Munich kind of drags the film a bit. I think you know what happened there should have been covered at the start and then left alone. You know. And also, like at the end, like yeah. I don't know why you'd ever intercut a sex scene with like ultra violence, like it's it, it's just weird, mate. Um,
2: oh yeah, that was terrible. Yeah,
1: but like um, <laughs> yeah, so like yeah, um, but I think th- like the flashbacks uh, I I didn't entirely like. I liked what they but what they added to the film, but I just felt like they were out of place and it should have just been covered at the start and then left alone.
0: I totally agree. I totally agree. I, I was confused. i and. Yeah, because we—I I like the scenes themselves, mm. and I think they're cool, like shots and stuff, and, and cool action pieces. But yeah, we just keep cutting back to them, and yeah, a hundred percent. I felt like we—it was already pretty extensively covered at the start, and we get little more bits and pieces here and there that sort of don't add a lot. And at this point, you know, like I mentioned, I do think the movie's generally well paced, but I don't know. I would have restructured some things there when you've got a runtime like this. That's pretty long and yeah you're covering the same stuff again and in the actual moment during the sex scene when he's sort of envisioning munich happening i was confused i i'm i didn't understand what he was looking at exactly because obviously i knew about munich and at that point i think i'd like forgotten what the characters at the start had looked like so i was like who are these people mainly because i was thinking if eric banner's imagining this this had to have been Somewhere he was, you know what I mean. It was just sort of weird. It felt like he was imagining it as if he was there. Maybe this is just a me thing. I don't know, but it, it was odd, it was odd to me. I was c- confused of like, but he wasn't at Munich. Is this is this Munich? I don't know because it, it, it sort of was presented as if he was re- reliving it, sort of thing when he wasn't even there.
1: I just think it was showing that he's kind of been infected by the trauma, and it's you know he's not going to escape it. I, oh, yeah. I didn't really see it as that, but um as um. As it feels was really, as if he feels there, but like I understand, how you could say as that.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I get. No, you're totally right. That's totally what it's meant to be. Yeah, yeah, but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you could have chosen something else to do there, to kind of present that. Do you have any trivia for us, Finny? Oh, I do. Thank you. Thank you. Actually, I was. I'm here going. What the hell haven't I done? Here's some. Here's some trivia for you. If you're into production, the time span between the start of production to the release date in December of two thousand five was less than six months. Pretty oh, what? impressive! Especially considering, I've, I I don't know. It looks like this movie was shot in on location in a lot of places.
1: I mean, even if it, I think it'd have to be because to build these sets would be incredibly time-consuming.
0: Yeah, no, and it's the, yeah, everywhere they were was seemed authentic too.
1: Regardless, yeah. like so, six months from production to the release—that's that's insane.
0: Huge, huge, quick turnaround. If you sort of yeah, if you imagine maybe it took three months to shoot. Yeah, quick edit. Jesus. Maybe that's why we got the, the sex scene. They're like, oh, shit, I don't know. We're going to have another scene that he's imagining. <laughs> We've got this extra footage of the the, the the terrorist attack. Throw it in here. Oh, yeah, I actually, did. Oh, never mind. Uh, Jan was talking about it earlier. I had trivia about it and I forgot. The ending of the film conflicts with the real life one where the Mossad agent successfully bombed the mastermind of the Munich killings along with his four bodyguards and three innocent bystanders. They also injured 16 innocent bystanders. Okay, right. So moral of the story is they actually got the last guy when him and Daniel Craig are, like, you know, doing their stealth thing. In the movie, they were caught really awkwardly by someone who just walked up to them. <laughs> you know, when not they in a bush or something and some dude just, like, walks up and is like, yo, there's, there's people, like, right there lying there. What the he, fuck?
1: Was, um, he was patrolling and then he heard the click of, like, uh, the gun.
0: Oh nice, nice. Again, subtle details that Zach definitely misses every time.
1: I mean like they pretty clearly present like that's how he saw them. I mean, because, like it goes from banner flicking the thing and like to hit to to like that guy hearing it. I mean like oh, why to, to rub it in. That wasn't really subtle, mate. <laughs> D- Did not notice
0: that, didn't notice This that. was at
1: the two hour and ten minute mark though, so you're pretty tuned out by this point.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was like fifty minutes of uh unique flashbacks still to count. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, I don't know why that choice would have been made. How does it? I don't know. How does that add to the movie necessarily?
1: Yeah, in, in like the uh, like the the text that appears at the end, it, it does tell us that they eventually got a slime. Like whether it was a different operation or whether like this one was completely fictional, I don't. Does it specify in the trivia? Or...
0: Oh, good point. Good point. The tri- the trivia implies here because the way it says conflicts with the real life one implies that they got him at that operation. But not yeah, not necessarily. If they got him eventually, yeah, maybe it doesn't.
2: Um, I thought the two gun kills were really great. Like the guy that they killed first, and like carrying his groceries, and then they shoot him, and the milk like you know hits the floor and everything, and um, well like you know smashed on the ground, and the um yeah the female assassin that they go to like some other country to find, and then they have the little the little things that they like screw up, and then. Those just seemed like really, they are like really brutal because they were just really like simple and like grounded. I mean, the film was very grounded, so it was like made it really like impactful.
0: Yeah, totally. I really liked the uh, the killing of the the female one too. It when uh, Avner goes to like cover her up, and then Daniel Craig's like, "Yeah, nah, bro, let's not. Who cares?" You know that that sort of goes back to what you were saying earlier, Fitzy, about yeah the conflicts between the characters. Um, yeah, no, I liked that. It, it, it,
1: it, wasn't it the um, the, uh, oh, yeah. the accountant, not, not Craig, that that, that
0: that. Oh, either way, Craig probably would have done that too. Yeah, probably knowing his character. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think the um, the face-to-face killings are less sensationalised than the bombings. So I think yeah, I think what you were saying about what they were saying about them being more grounded was yeah.
0: How do you mean sensationalised?
1: Because the bombings are kind of like you know, it's like. You yeah, know the the big set pieces and the, there's a there's a massive build up in tension and you know it's it's quite oh, yeah. it's quite large scale whereas these are kind of just you know it's 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 a very personal confrontation and it's it happens it's over and then we kind of see regret instantaneously.
0: Yeah, they those ones did feel the most like spy movie, if you will. You know,
1: I wonder if um the production was so short because Spielberg was also doing War of the Worlds in two thousand five. Your favourite movie.
0: <laughs> I want to watch it. I've seen 15 minutes of it on TV once. That's
1: all you need to see.
0: <laughs> I've seen it all, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything about the ending? Like, you know, like it sort of just exemplifies everything we've talked about thematically about the movie, I think. Oh, well, I, no, we didn't really talk about specifically the character choice of Avnar to not return home. And that's sort of just a nice, I don't know, that's a solid, make sense, end cap. His he's just sort of mm. can't face that he can't face what he's done for his homeland he's like yeah nah bro i'd rather not i think um so that no, yeah that made sense
1: Like at the start of the film doesn't like um jeffrey rush call him like a yuki or whatever it is like you know a jew that was born away from israel or something like that like he spent his time right yeah. and like he kind of defends it saying no i'm not I, you know I'm, I'm from here so then his choice at the end to, to to remain away from israel is kind. Of, yeah i think it's
0: yeah yeah it's a good point
1: a yeah. a character progression yeah, for
0: sure, for sure.
1: His arc was complete. I'm gonna bring back Arc on the show. We haven't talked about it in a while.
0: Oh no <laughs> Let a <it> die
1: <laughs> I think the um the image of like the Munich terrorist coming out with the sock in his head. Like whatever like that mask is, is so terrifying. Like it's it's just an image that like sears into your mind, especially like when it's in the black and white. Like that's just like like even from like my first time watching it, like that that is an image that I retained all the way up until this time. Like that is just like burnt into me, and like it's it's like you know I love it because of what it's like, oh, really? it, it, it's it's such a like terrifying you know just frame.
0: Yeah no, I mean it wasn't imprinted in my brain in the same way, but dude, yeah, that sounds like some shit in my nightmares, hundred percent. Oh, it looks like it rather. The movie is long. Did any of you guys have any? I don't know comments about the runtime. Did you feel like it was paced well? I, like I said, I, I did feel like it was it was pretty solidly paced for the most part. But
2: yeah, I thought it, I thought it was long, but I don't know how. I
0: don't know what I would cut. You know, but... unique flashbacks. Yeah. But other than that, though, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't really know.
1: I think just like shaving a few minutes off each operation, not even a few minutes, probably a minute off each or something like that would save something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get it down to like. Yeah, in the 220s. Mm. But, I mean, it is just sort of, you know, it's de- objectively in what we consider is sort of on the longer end. And, yeah, I mean, considering we've sort of, yeah, we've sort of covered all our main points about this movie pretty fast, there isn't, I don't know if there's a whole lot to dissect in the story, you know, because, you know, I like what the movie has to say, but it's not like what it has to say sort of requires its runtime, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it's not the most you know original shit ever, but I still I still enjoy you know themes like that.
1: Well, I think that that I think like the reason that I like the scene at Louis house is because it's a break from the action because it's not repetitive in like the way that we're presented with the same thing, but it's the same structure in each action of like you know the reconnaissance, the build up, the something goes wrong a bit, and then it happens, and you know, and there's a slight fall in you know the tension. So like I think that's why like breaks like when he goes back to oh, uh, where was the child born? I don't know, when he goes to see his wife and the child or, like, you know, when he goes to Louis house, I think, you know, they're, they're, they're appreciated breaks from that kind of repetitive, like, tone. Although I don't mind it because it's still entertaining to watch. I think it's it's welcome, you know.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, it is different. In another way, though, I wouldn't have minded if it maybe, mm, yeah, I see what you're saying. If it, Even if it doubled down on it for me, I, I think I would have liked that equally as much. You know, if it's like this movie is entirely, you're in the field all the time, it's constantly tense. That would have given, that would have been a sort of a different movie in a sense, but would have been, you know, if it's sort of always tense and always gritty and grounded without these breaks, maybe would have been a different experience. I don't know. Don't know if it would have been any better.
1: I think the, um, I think the repetitiveness of it is interesting because, like, I think typically it'd show, like, if another movie was to handle this, this I think, like, they'd present the characters with with a row like it becomes like monotonous to the characters and they kind of just like become un. it becomes a uniform operation they just kind of get better at it and like it just becomes like disassociated with what's happening but the fact that there's you know it's rather impassioned every time than like you know rather like there's questions about what they're doing how they're doing it and why they are you know i think it's interesting that it never gets easier for them whereas an you know i think a lesser movie would have just shown them getting more proficient at it
0: yep 100 percent ditto all uh, right, what are we going to give Munich out of 10, Fifty.
2: i give it a 7 out of 10. Strong Spielberg. 7 out of... Um, I liked it, I enjoyed its theme and stuff, and, uh, and the uh, casting characters, I thought, were pretty well cast, and uh, yeah.
0: Excellent, Jaden.
1: 8 out of 10 for me. Um, yep. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know how to summarize what I've said, but like it's yeah. I just think it's
0: yeah. No, that's alright. That's alright. I'll give it a oh, I'll give it a seven, two. But like yeah, I mean I, I could also be an eight. Like I'm pretty pretty fifty fifty on that, so I'd just choose one. Seven just feels more right because I do think there wasn't a whole lot as this. You know what we talked about sort of shows. There wasn't a whole lot. I was like yo, that that was sick. You know what I mean? It's just a lot of. There's really good characters. The themes are really cool. They're well explored. Um, it's just a lot of that kind of talk with this movie, where it's like, yeah, that was really tense. That was really good. Nothing sort of excels necessarily for me, um, and the runtime brings it down a little bit because I'm a I'm a fussy pot like that. So I'll give it a seven, but you know, I'm I'm pretty close between a seven and eight. I recommend people check it out for sure. <laughs> All right, let's get into some incredibly, incredibly exhilarating news chat. The return of news chat, the long-awaited return. I'm sure people are stoked for the return of this segment. We got some Deadpool news for people that like Deadpool. I still haven't seen the second one, but Deadpool 3 was officially confirmed. It was is now a part of the MCU, which is, I mean, I think that's, that's a pretty big story right there. It's still going to be R-rated. It's still going to be the Deadpool you know and and love if you love Deadpool, I guess. Um, So, yeah, the question sort of comes into how are they going to handle having an R-rated thing as part of the MCU? I know Disney Plus is sort of doing this thing now where they've got, what do they call it? it Stars or some shit. I don't know. It's like this extra different category within Disney Plus where they can put R-rated stuff. So, I mean, that makes sense. Have you guys both seen, have you seen Deadpool's 1 and Mm 2? Is there anything in either of those movies that, not that we're comic uh, experts here necessarily, but anything in those movies that necessarily conflict with the MCU or wouldn't make it work already? Because you know how X-Men has their own version of Quicksilver. Is it like something, is there anything like that where there's characters and played by different actors and it wouldn't work? I assume not. No.
1: Well, uh, well, sorry, Josh. Josh, Josh yeah, that's right. Josh Brolin plays Cable, and he's yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, man. So I mean, you can guarantee there's going to be like at least three jokes about that.
0: <laughs> at least three? Yeah, probably.
1: Okay. I just think it's going <laughs> to be interesting because, like, like, like we discussed, like we discussed earlier about, like, you know, the MCU has like this kind of uniform tone. So I think it's going to be interesting how they're going to fit Deadpool into that. Because, like, I wonder if they're going to make it conform to, you know the rest of the aesthetic, like the, the rest of the field of the MCU, if they're going to allow it to be that little bit,
0: you know, on its own. More zany. Yeah. I trust them. I think I think it'll remain true to what it is, which I think if you keep the R rating, you may as well, like, what is there to really change? You know what I mean? Like, if, if obviously, if you want to try and force in a PG rating, then at that point the movie's identity is just going to change entirely. But if you got the R rating... That means you're going to have the, you know, all the jokes and all the, the language, et cetera. I don't know. Everything, the violence, is it violent? I can't really remember. All the stuff that already makes it R. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they would, why they would change it, how they would change it. I mean, I guess now Deadpool's going to show up in like other random, you know, Avengers movies. And he's just going to start dropping the F bomb. That'd be sweet, you know. But yeah, that's it for news chat this week. I mean, do we want to talk about? I mean, Chris Evans, did to really say. He was reportedly gonna rock up again as Captain America, which, I mean, it's pretty obvious. I'm I'm sure he will at some point. Whether that's now or not, I don't know. He denies it. Sure, there's anything to really say.
1: I mean, to me, Chris Evans is Captain America. So I mean, like, you know, like no matter how much they change it to whoever they want it to be, whether they make it fit up in or Bucky or whoever. I feel like Chris Evans is like, you know, when 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 the world thinks of that, I think like you know, Chris Evans. I I think it returns inevitable.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I think so too. I mean, hey, we're in a universe where Tobey Maguire is gonna be Spider Man again. You know, like, and you're telling me Chris Evans playing Captain America isn't isn't plausible? Like, yeah, no. Nah. Anything's possible in the MCU. Are you guys
2: gonna watch uh, WandaVision? Division?
0: I've watched the first two episodes. I watched them last night. Yeah, yeah, they are. It's super, it's super, super entertaining and super weird and unique and out there. Yeah, it's cool. I like it. Because it's literally just, yeah, I don't know. So far, it's just literally a sitcom, which is weird. But I don't know, There's they do cool things and it feels like you're trying to figure out what exactly is actually happening, you know. It's cool. Anyways, now it's time for our highlights of the week. Uh, what have we been watching, Jaden? I uh,
1: go to Liam. I haven't chosen yet. I forgot about that.
0: No worries at all. Liam, I said you first, obviously.
2: Um, oh, I saw, uh, I saw a Promising Young Woman in uh theaters, at readings.
0: And, oh, wow! Um, oh, cool.
2: Yeah, it was really, it was really good. Um, uh,
0: I'm going to say it tonight.
2: Oh, eh? Oh, nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well um yeah, I think it tackles the subject matter in like a very kind of bold but do you know anything about it at all? Okay. Well
0: I mean, well yeah, no, not really, not really. Vaguely.
2: Okay. Well it, it tackles its uh, subject matter in pretty um like unafraid, bold kind of way, it just does what it wants to do, but doesn't like hold back in what it's saying and um Carrie Mulligan is really great and she carries the, the tone and the emotion of the film really well, especially as it develops and you learn more. And, uh, yeah, one of the best for 2020 for me, as, along with uh, uh, Bad Education and other stuff. So,
0: yeah. Awesome. Okay. Okay, great. You did, you did really good not saying anything spoilery, so thank you. I appreciate it. No worries. I'm giving a thumbs up right now. But you can't, yeah. You can't see. Uh, do you want me to go, Jane, or are you... No, whatever you want. Do you want me to go? I'll go then, because I like myself. Um, I'll talk about Sound of Metal. Fitchy's talked about it. It's a really good movie. I recommend people check it out. That's sort of the core of it, you know. It's about this... Uh, if you don't remember, it's about this drummer who goes deaf, essentially. That's sort of really all you need to know. And I enjoyed the movie a lot. Uh Riz Ahmed's great. You know, echoing all the regular sentiments about it, it's, it's pretty hard to dislike, in my opinion. Um, the story lacks, a, a, on a character level, a little bit of drama in the, from moment to moment for me to be, like, singing its praises to the heavens, you know what I mean? But I still think it's a really great movie, pretty unique, especially sort of being exposed to the deaf community and the sign language, things like that. I don't know. Like, it's something I sort of just overlook in everyday life, so... I appreciate that as well in it. So check it out. It's on Amazon Prime Video. Yeah, my turn? Go for it.
1: Um, I I um, I um watched Inside Out finally after like five years.
0: Oh, you hadn't seen it before?
1: No. Nah. Um, oh, yeah. And I was a bit disappointed. I, I still liked it, but I think um I watched it coming off the back of Soul. Like I watched it as like a double feature. Like, you know, I watched it right after. So I think going into Inside Out after hearing nothing but, you know, glory and you know everyone's singing its praises and and stuff i was expecting i don't know why because no one ever really said it, but i was expecting a a more mature experience i was expecting something more like to soul whereas you know i think inside out is undeniably got a younger target audience well i think you know both the the target audience for both is obviously children i think not children but you know kids but um i think like the secondary audience you know for soul is a bit more mature than what the secondary audience for inside out was and that's and i just think like the um and because of that like it's it was a lot more charged than i than i was expecting um i don't know i i, I think it's so good i think it's like a 7 out of 10 film but like i think um i think they they i think there's a, a lot of over oversimpli- simplification of stuff and i really appreciate the complexities of soul over what inside out was you know
0: yeah i um I don't I don't know what the hell I've got it as my rating on on any of the apps or whatever I, I've got no clue but I watched it when it came to theaters and I just remember like i remember liking it i I wouldn't sing its praises either I didn't think it was you know Pixar's best or anything like that um is it kind of, i don't even know is that do people really love it these days
2: well i well, well like that was
1: kind of like the interpretation I got because i feel like I feel like you know, like it was kind of like well, like not well, but like I think I think it was well known, like the fact that Pixar gave emotions, emotions was kind of like a thing, like, like I think people were seeing like you know this is like this is brilliant the way they did that, but like I just didn't feel like it was sorry, um, yeah,
0: you're, right. you're right. I thought it was kind of in my brain. Again, I, I do want to watch it again, but in my brain it's sort of mid-tier Pixar.
2: It certainly, it is. Terms
0: yeah. of, if I'm trying to th- think of, yeah, I think so. We get sorry, Fizzy. We gonna jump in about it. I thought we, did we cut you off?
2: Oh no, I was just saying, I think it's generally like well
0: received these days. Yeah. I
2: think critics like it a lot as well, so maybe that's where the mature, where Jaden's perception of the mature things. But not, I mean, not liked it, like the, I think. that... uh,
1: okay. I think coming off the back of Soul Hurt, my, my perception of it, I think that's, that's part of it as well. I think had I not done it as a double feature,
0: I might have liked it more as well, but yeah. I know when we talked about Soul last week, Fitzy, you mentioned that you liked Inside Out's aesthetic more. Am I is that that's what you said, or I'm not mistaken?
2: Yeah, I mean I haven't seen it in a long time, maybe not, but I, I might rewatch it because I, you might have seen it. I'm rewatching some of the Pixar before my Disney Plus runs out in a couple weeks. So.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Like Inside Out seems like a very colorful, kind of expressive film to me. I guess Soul is that as well in some ways, but. The Soul color palettes felt more like just like it was less pleasing to me, just on a subjective level.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I get what you mean about the colors. I think I much prefer Souls. Um, like the the character designs and the the designs of the actual I don't know what do you call them the Souls themselves, I guess, and like the uh, what they call the caretakers, like the two D things, whatever yeah. they were. I thought I really liked those compared to the designs of the emotions personally.
1: Yeah, yeah like I prefer like the the look of like the before world to that of the brain. I don't know. It's um.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah same. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah I really didn't like the uh, caretaker things. Yeah, I thought the I was...
1: caretakers were a bit weird. Oh,
2: yeah. They were just oh really I felt... I think it was lazy, but it was like just kind of. It wasn't like like it felt weird to have these things as kind of the secondary type of design or whatever in, in the underworld. I
0: don't know. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get that. They sort of are quite... I, I can see why they'd be polarising. They're quite unique. Um, but I like them a lot, especially when they interact with the the New York environment and, and you can see how they sort of t- animated it in 2D versus 3D. I thought that was quite cool. But yeah, no, I get it. When Terry goes... Like Into the brick wall, the I ball. think he does? Yeah. Yeah. I
1: hated Terry so much. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and, like, and, like, not just, like, like not just as, like, a character, like, you know, you know, you did like, like, not meant to like the character bit, just cause, like, what it is, but, like, it just, it just annoyed me so much, and, like, I think it annoyed me more than it should have. I think, I think that's the thing, yeah.
2: Do you mean, like, like,
1: the voice? The, the, the voice, yeah, the voice, dude, I couldn't stand the voice.
2: Right. But, but do you mean, like, in an intentional way, like, they were trying to get you annoyed.
1: I mean, like no, like 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 I know they're intentionally trying to get me annoyed, but I think I was more annoyed than
0: that than, than they intended for me. To be. <laughs> I wasn't really annoyed by him, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I thought he was goofy. I kind of liked him, honestly. As always, now we hand the show over to you with our question of the show. Last week we asked you. What are your most anticipated movies coming up in 2021? Andy said, bang on the money with the first episode of the year. Hell yeah, lads. Thank you, Andy. The most anticipated film of 2021. Time to get the obvious out of the way. Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch. Surely. Yo, we've talked about this. I don't know if we've actually done it in News Chat or if it's come up just in our pre-episode discussions or whatever, Jaden, but what is this movie? Other than Wes Anderson. Do we know? I think
1: it's, it's it's in like a publishing company, I think, in like France, obviously. I don't know. I, I think it's kinda of like a few different tales about like life, but like in like a Wes Anderson type style.
0: Who's the person that does Fantastic Mr. Fox or who Wes does Wes Anderson? It? Cool, okay, I know I'm thinking the right person there. Okay, cool. Cool. I thought I thought it might have been confusing people. Okay. Oh yeah, in Isle of Dogs, I want to watch that really bad. Uh, Luke says Looking forward to Black Widow because why not? And I haven't really been paying attention to what new movies are coming out. I have a feeling it won't be that good, but oh well. I don't know, Luke. I don't know, Luke. I think there's a fair bit out there, but well, we'll you know, we'll see as stuff comes out and stuff. That bloody uh, HBO Max lineup's pretty stacked. Um, what are our answers? My answer is the Many Saints of Newark. Very excited about this movie. It's about damn time. It was originally coming out like December 2019, and then it got pushed to like. I think like September twenty twenty or something like that. It just kept getting pushed. It was it was completely shot, to my understanding, about a year ago. Um, so I'm very excited to see it. What about you guys?
2: Yeah, many scenes of Newark and uh um, still I'm doing, Dune, of course. Um Yes. Yeah, you know. T V show and director, just like not a <laughs> it's funny I don't I don't have like a my thing isn't something that's like from something i don't know it's just like you know a prequel for something i already love and from a director i already love so
0: and uh and you're a fan of like the dune world and the uh and like the production and the history of all that already right so
2: oh yeah like yeah i like the concept of dune and everything
0: yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah welcome to my world i don't i don't anticipate real films i anticipate franchises and shit so Hmm. fast and furious nine anyone uh Jada? um, I
1: don't know. It's a few good things coming. I mean, um, I think you know, Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho is probably what I'm most keen for, but also like Baz Luhrmann's got a new film coming out this year, supposedly. I don't know if he'll actually be able to get it out this year, but like, um, I love Baz Luhrmann so much. I think his style is brilliant. Uh, like, I'm really keen for that film as well. Like, which is which is the Elvis Presley film. So,
0: yeah. oh yeah, the, what the Tom Hanks one?
1: No, no, the one with Austin But Oh, yeah, Tom Hanks is in it. That's right. Yeah, that's right.
0: Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I was like, wait, there's two Elvis, Elvis movies? Yeah,
1: I forgot Tom Hanks was in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Elvis and Last Night in Soho is what I'm keen for, I guess.
0: I thought Damien Chazelle had a movie too. It's got, like, a stacked cast, I think. Brad Pitt's in it, I think. Sorry, I'm going off the top of my head. I've just remembered it. I don't know what the hell it is or what it's about, but I, hell, yeah, I'm going to be there. He's such a... I know, I'll I God he's such a polarizing figure for me because like, I've either like loved his work or not liked his work very much, so I'll just, I don't know what I'll get this time. Um, yeah, you love La, La Land and don't like Whiplash. I hate Whiplash.
1: Uh, it's coming out it next year. Babylon's coming. Oh,
0: 2022. Yeah. Oh, okay, my apologies. Okay. Cool. All right, all right. Was well, that's it now, a bit further away then.
2: Did you like dislike La, La Land or was it just like, like you just
0: didn't find it? No, it's just not for me. It's just not for me. I appreciate it. Oh, you don't
2: like, it like the
0: musical element, like the fact that it's a yeah, yeah. Exactly. I just don't. I just musicals just don't do it for me. I just can't. I appreciate that. Um, and I I heard him talk about this in an interview or something. How you, you sort of want to the, the opening number of La La Land when they're on the uh, the freeway there, and how he basically inserted that in the script to sort of just tell the audience right away what the movie's going to be. And I really appreciate that because that's so that's such an accurate thing for me. 'Cause the second I saw that, I was like, wow, that was really impressive, but also, I'm probably not gonna like this movie. So <laughs> it just it is what it is. And then I also thought thought First Man was mediocre, but yeah. Oh.
2: Tell if you're about First Man, the
0: too. but fifty, I mean I love just I love nerding out with you. I feel like we do this once every few months, but like yo, Michael Gandalfini is gonna play Tony Soprano and we're gonna watch that in three months. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited for that. Yep.
2: Where, well, where were you we able to watch it? Really, like, this all the kind of theaters, all- here? Oh, really? Oh, that's epic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I can't wait cool. to see all the freaking younger characters and performers.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's gonna be sick. And then yeah, and God, Rayleigh Otter's in it, and um, and uh, John Bernthal. Oh, God, I love those. I know, yeah. Anyway, anyway, sorry. Let's, <laughs> we'll save that. Thank you, everyone, for watching this week's episode of Cinema Effect. We appreciate you all tuning in. Fitzy, what are we watching next week?
2: We are watching um, *Infernal Affairs*. <laughs> you can find that one on Netflix. It's the uh, it's uh, what inspired the uh, *The Departed* from uh, Scorsese, and it's a uh, Hong Kong action uh, film.
0: Andy, get excited! We're doing it for you, Andy. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how spoiled the story is for me by The Departed, probably almost completely. But, yeah, it is what it is. Whatever. I've got that expectation, so it's okay. Anyway, thank you very much for boys. For boys? boys. Thank you, boys, for joining me. For the the boys, thank you. (laughs) Yep, you got it. Thank you very much. All right, we'll catch you all next week. Have a great one, and goodbye.